Thank you for giving your attention to that video for just a moment to see that Jesus was and is the great conversationalist, the master storyteller, the one with the wisdom for all life and righteous living. But it gives us also some names of Jesus, some characteristics of Jesus, and through paying attention to these stories of Jesus, these parables, that we get to know him better. We get to know his, his good word, his gospel we get to see that he is the Messiah, the one who brings life and truth and purpose and hope to all of our lives. And we get to know his kingdom. Please open your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13. We are still in Matthew 13. Open a Bible to Matthew 13. It may be the Pew Bible. It may be your Bible on your cell phone, your tablet, your computer or a Bible you brought from home, just open a Bible to Matthew 13 so that you can follow along with me today. A couple weeks ago, we started a new series. Actually, today is the third week in this new series on the great conversationalist when Jesus spoke in parables. And we see the stories of Jesus. As we look to these conversations with Jesus, these stories, we get to know who he is. We look to them, we study them, we meditate on them, and we allow them to change our lives to be more like him, to be ones characterized by kingdom living. Now, a parable was once said to be an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Oops, looks like we're changing at the same time. I'll let Jessica handle it. The parables of our Lord Jesus in the Gospels are stories by Jesus, conversations which help to illustrate what our futures with him as Lord and Savior should look like, sound like, or include to show that we are and will be part of his eternal kingdom. What do our lives look like? Do they look like what these parables describe? Now, it describes bad lives. It, it describes good lives. This is the third week in the parable of the sower, and we're looking to the different types of soil to see what type of soil looks like our life, looks like our friends' lives, looks like our neighbors' lives, our relatives' lives, people's lives. Can we expect the kingdom of God to grow in our life and others? Can we expect to impact other people's lives based off the soil that we find ourselves in? So let's read from Matthew 13 now. Please follow along in your Bibles as I read, starting at verse 1 of Matthew 13. The same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. Now, we, we talked in great lengths about the introduction to this parable in previous weeks. So I encourage you to go back, listen to that online. Um, if you're looking for what's going on here, we don't have time to describe it all again. But great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach, verse 3. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Verse 5 in our scripture for today, other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when, they, when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced again some some grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, 
let him hear. Thank you for reading the scripture. You're welcome to keep that open. Um, Also, you might want to bookmark or write down if you're taking notes, Luke chapter 8 and Mark chapter 4, which are cross-references to this story, this analogy, this parable of Jesus. This story of Jesus illustrates four different responses to the word, the message of the kingdom of heaven, the establishment of Jesus' sovereign, eternal kingdom within our lives. It illustrates to us four different responses to this word that Jesus and his his apostles would preach to the world. Words of the gospel, of good news, good news of truth and salvation and eternal living with God forever. Jesus used the field, he used the sower, he used the seed, and he used the soils to teach about mankind's receptiveness to the word. Now, the word could be, re- could be thought to be the word of God, being the Bible that you all hold in your hands, that you're looking to. But it could also be the receptiveness to Christ, who's also referred to as the word. The sower here is Jesus, but the sower is also us. As we all have this responsibility to sow the seed, to sow the word of God, to spread the word of God, to proclaim the good news to all of creation, all the nations. Just as the apostles had that responsibility 2,000 years ago, we too have this command to do so as well. Now the seed is his word. And we spent great lengths talking, great time talking about all this last week. I'm just giving an introduction. We won't talk at length today. The field is the world. And men and women are the soil, but specifically the soil condition are the hearts of these men and women. The hearts of humanity, the hearts of humans, and their, their, their receptiveness to the word of God. So today we are focusing on just the second soil and the good soil. We're focusing on another bad soil condition. And here's the big idea for this message today. If you're taking notes or if you're putting it in your mind, here it is. Easy to follow along with. A person whose heart is rocky soil in response to the word of God has a shallow commitment to the kingdom and will fall away when it costs them something. Let me say that again. A person whose heart is rocky soil in response to the word has a shallow commitment to the kingdom and will fall away when it costs them something. Last week we spoke of the path. People have no good soil at all. People whose seed is thrown on their life, on their heart, but it's just trampled on, it's just beaten down because their hearts are so hardened they don't even allow it to penetrate at all. They do not receive the kingdom of God. They never even think about it. They just say no immediately. And the bird, Satan, takes them away. Today we talk about the rocky ground, and these people are the opposite of the path, the wayside that we spoke of last night, of the beaten down people. Because here's what these people do. These people receive the word of God, and they receive it with enthusiasm, with joy, with excitement. But it's excitement, enthusiasm, and joy of the flesh. They don't truly allow it to to penetrate the heart fully. They may get emotional, they may shed tears, they may seem greatly moved, and maybe even for years, but it's never fully accepted, and then when trials come, when struggles come, they wither away. They don't continue to follow Christ. They are what J. Vernon McKee called 
Elka-Seltzer Christians. Now, some of you know what Elka-Seltzer are. My kids probably do not. I grew up watching my dad use Elka-Seltzer a lot. And he'd get a glass of water after dinner, probably because maybe he wasn't eating right. It was always after dinner. Maybe it was something to help settle his stomach. But he'd put this little tablet of Elka-Seltzer in this water, something that, like vitamins and nutrients and medicine that you're supposed to take to help you feel better. He'd put this Elka-Seltzer in the water, and what happens is kind of like that, those videos you see of people dropping Mentos in Coke, and it just blows up, explodes, fizzles. Well, Elka-Seltzer Christians are like, like, it's like that. They may explode. You put that tablet in the water, and it starts to fizz, and it fizzles over the edge. It looks like the cup's overflowing. But soon the fizzle starts settling down until eventually it just looks like stagnant water. Everything settles down, and you don't even know it's there. That's like Elka-Seltzer Christians. They fizz a lot at first, but quickly they fizzle out once troubles arise. Matthew 13, 5 to 6 tells us, Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up. Now notice, they spring up because they do have some soil. And in fact, with the soil being just shallow, just a little bit, that soil gets nice and warm from the sun. The sun heats up and, and makes any water from the dew from the evening get nice and warm. And it makes that seed start to sprout up fast. But because it's shallow soil, there's no room for that root to grow. And soon enough, that sun just dries it up and makes it wither away. It continues and says, immediately they sprang up since they had no depths of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Now notice that last part. Yes, they were scorched, but it's since they had no root, they withered away. I want to point out that we all will be scorched by the sun throughout this life. We all will have times where we feel like the sun is beating down on us. We feel like we're in the hot seat. We feel like life is just hard. We feel like everything's against us. We're having struggles. But if we have a strong root, we do not wither away. And the root is the faith in God. And here's the problem. This seed has no root. So it's because of that that they wither away. Jesus himself later explained in Matthew 13, 20 to 21. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, <clears throat> immediately he falls away. These seeds on rocky ground spring up fast, too fast, overnight, but they die from lack of roots or protection for the, for the troubles to come because they have no root. They have little to no true grounded faith. It is our faith when grounded like a root digging deep into the soil that holds us true upon the word of God when the waters rise from floods, when the sun's beating down and when a drought, when we're having health issues or marriage issues or school issues or work issues. These things, the word of God and the root digging deep and strong faith is what holds us to that ground. It's what allows the seed to grow. Roots are important. But faith is also important because they're related. 
one biblical commentator stated this. He said, faith is to the Christian life what the root is to the plant. Faith is to the Christian life what the root is to the plant. That, that plant does not survive without the root. It does not grow without the root. It does not hold on to that ground when the floods rise or the sun beats down. It doesn't continue to grow through those times of trial without the root. And faith to the Christian life is like that root. We need that faith ever growing and strong to be able to hold us true, to be able to keep us strong when trials come to. Let's continue that. It says, faith is to the Christian life what the root is to the plant. One, it is hidden from sight in the depths of the soul. But two, it is the source of spiritual firmness and prosperity and stability. It is strong faith in God. It is strong faith in God that helps us to hold on to the ground in hard times. We need deep, strong roots of faith ready for the sun to beat down upon us. So that we can continue to grow no matter what condition we find the world in. Because we have a heart that is receptive to the word of God growing and becoming strong in our life. Again, notice that the problem here with the rocky ground is not just about rocks. It's about the soil or the soil condition. In this case, it's the lack of soil. There is some soil. This is not the sower throwing the, the, the seed upon visual rocks. Jessica, can you go back one slide? Back two slides. There is a picture of a sower sowing seed. And on the, on the side of the field, you see those big giant rocks, boulders. That's not what we're talking about. This seed would be very expensive for, for these farmers. And they would, they, although they'd be throwing and the wind would take some away, they would not purposely throw a handful of seed on that rock. What we're talking about is the rocks with shallow soil that are just below the surface. They, they don't see when they're plowing the ground, that don't get lifted up, but all the same, they do affect the growth of the seed. We all have things in our lives that affect the growth of God's word in our life. It affects the growth of us in our faith. Matthew's gospel or words tell us there was just not much soil on top of the rocks. The soil had no depth and it was shallow. Shallow. This relates to many lives today. Rocky hearts are shallow hearts. Too many people today have shallow hearts. We have shallow face. We wear our hearts on our shoulders with, sh with shallow dirt to protect them and to help them to grow. The word of God may never impact more than the upper surface of these hearts as we don't have enough soil to allow the roots to grow deep and penetrate our, our hearts fully. There may be some thoughts of God. We've all known people who, who they accept Christ and they're joyful, they're excited. And for maybe even years, they're excited and they have enthusiasm for God. And maybe even they tell lots of people about the conversion, about God, about life eternal through Christ Jesus, Lord, Savior, through the cross, crucified, rose again. But these people, they don't always stay true. When the troubles arise in their life, when they have trials, when they have struggles, they, they often fall away. Because they never truly dug deep. They never truly got the rocks out. The seed sprouts up. But then they wither away when the sun starts beating down on them. Consider your life. Evaluate your hearts. Evaluate the hearts of your friends, 
of your family, of your neighbors. Think about the people who maybe you've discipled over the years. You've tried to, to help grow in the faith. Family issues, marriage issues, job problems, health problems, any one of these things could be something that uproots the seed in their faith for them to leave and never come back to God. But it may be because they never truly allowed the seed to be planted properly. I think about Jessica in that children's message. She was reading the instructions for the seed, and the seed needed to be planted one inch below the surface. And then you had to water it. There's certain instructions. You had to give it oxygen. You had to give it sun. You had to put in that windowsill. We need to follow some instructions for our lives too to allow our roots to grow deep and other roots too. This soil has been compared to the fickle crowds which would follow Jesus simply to see the miracles, to see the healings. But the moment that struggles would arise for them or the moment Jesus would be saying to follow me in faith, to give me everything, to leave everything else behind, they would walk away. They would turn their backs to him and follow their own way. This soil type could be compared to many people today. Many people accept Christ due to an emotional high, but they never truly allow him to penetrate the heart. They accept him in certain parts of their lives, but they turn their back on him and walk away in other parts of their lives as they think, I know what's best here. I don't want to do this here. This could be a child or a teenager who accepts Christ as Lord and Savior appearingly at a vacation Bible school program or at, a va or at a summer camp or at a retreat. But maybe they only truly accepted Christ because an emotional high and seeing other friends and, and being, wanting to be part of that popular crowd, wanting to feel part of the in crowd, but they never really truly did it for themselves. They did it for others. Or maybe it's those kids growing up in the church who accept this face of their parents, but they never truly make it a face of their own. Or maybe it's an adult who follows after Christ for a time because they want a quick fix for their life. But the moment that they start to struggle due to life, due to a sinful world that we live in, due to the darkness all around us, they say, well, this quick fix is no longer fixing anything, so I'm leaving. Instead of digging deeper into their faith, deeper into the word of God, and finding out how to totally rely on him, for he is good. Consider our spiritual lives, our hearts. Consider the lives of those around us. Do you have spiritual depths, or are you rocky ground with shallow soil? Are you growing? Are they growing? We have an image here of someone who is excited at first, but life gets hard and commitment doesn't last. Is our life filled with rocks to where maybe we get excited for a while, but then it doesn't last and it withers away when the sun hits? Boy, I'm that way with a lot of hobbies. I have a lot of hobbies, and I get really excited at first, and then it withers away instead of sticking with it as I should. Will you stick with it? Will your commitment last? Do you still have joy? Do you still have excitement? Or do you need to dig in deeper? What happens to your spiritual life, your life in Christ, your walk with him when troubles come? When you have health problems, when you have church problems, when you have friend problems, when you have family problems, when you have school problems or work problems, who do you run to? Where do you dig? 
Maybe these rocks are also prohibiting you from impacting other people's lives. Maybe you think you're discipling them, but because you're not digging deeper, you're really not digging at all. You're not causing good roots to grow at all. Are these people you're discipling growing the knowledge of the Lord or the knowledge of you? Let me say that again, because that's convicting to me too. As we're discipling, discipling others, as we're meeting with others, are they growing the knowledge of the Lord, or are they, are they growing the knowledge of you? Again, the problem here is not the seed, not the soil, but the lack of soil, the shallow soil, the depths of the soil was shallow. So what do we do? How do we go deeper? How do we increase our depths? We need to remove the rocks. We need to break them up, break up the hardness so that the seed can sprout roots to grow deep. We need to make our hearts, the soil, penetrable for the roots to grow strong and deep so that we can grow strong in faith and knowledge of the Lord. That starts with removing distractions from our life. Greg Onash talked about that when he talked about Bible reading at the beginning of this service. We need to remove distractions. Because the rocky heart keeps the soil from growing because the wrong things are allowed in and the right things are kept out. One pastor, David McElmore, speaks to the way Satan seeks us, seeks to distract us by creating rocky ground. And he says this, he says, Satan has a million methods, distraction being perhaps his favorite. It's just so easy to appeal to human flesh. In the moment, your bed tends to feel better than the Bible. Ouch. Or engaging in the conver a conversation on social media or debates these days seems more interesting than praying. Often, self-justification feels better than repentance. You're prone to enjoy consuming Netflix after a long day or all day and all night rather than nightly meditation on God's word. Distractions abound in our everyday lives, and each one of these distractions are like rocks in our life that prevent us from going deep and allowing roots to form, allowing faith to grow. Here's the main application here as we start to work towards our close. When we find that following Jesus requires more than we had first planned, we're left with the decision to recommit to following him with everything or to abandon his way to follow our own way? What will you do? What will you help others do? Every single day, people around you are, are heading into lives that maybe they didn't plan for. That sun starts beating down or rain starts coming and we hit a flood. Things, unplanned things come up, unplanned struggles and trials, persecution, we need to make a commitment to the Lord or otherwise to abandon his way and follow our own way. But the right way is to follow him. He has the way to life, to righteous living, to truth, and to hope for a future. He has the way to kingdom living, eternal living, a sovereign God who wants us to live with him forever. So how do we do this? How do we remove the rocks from the ground? How do we go deep and find that good soil to gain more soil? I want you to consider a new believer and how you might disciple a new believer. Many of you have considered discipling people in your life. Many of you have been discipled at one time or another. And if this does not look like 
part of your life, then maybe you need to do more of these things yourself for yourself. Or maybe you need to consider these things for somebody else's life. You see, all people need these things, starting with, one, repentance in relationships. We need repentance. We need to turn away from the bad soil, turn away from the bad ways of living, turn away from the bad things that we're seeking and have a relationship. And that relationship starts with God. We ask God for forgiveness through, of our sins through Jesus Christ, his son, as Lord and Savior. We ask his spirit to come into us and empower us for everyday living. Give us joy. Give us hope. Give us peace. Give us love. Lord, help us each and every single day to grow in our faith and our knowledge of you and to stand true through the test of time. We need relationships. God first through Christ, but second with his people. We need fellowship with God and other believers, not just any other people. But you need fellowship, you need relationships with believers because we need accountability. We need accountability. We don't like accountability, but we need accountability. We need somebody to help remind us to stay true to the word of God, to stay true to righteous living, to stay true to how God's word tells us to live, how these stories of Jesus tell us to live, to stay true and continue growing in the faith. We need people to confess our sins to. James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. We need to pray together. We need humility, and we need worship. We need to humbly bow before the Lord, and come before our brothers and sisters in Christ, admitting our failures so that they can help lift us up and encourage us too, and so that then we can worship God together. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another, with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. This is but one of many verses encouraging fellowship and studying the word of God, teaching one another, praying with one another, repenting, humbling ourselves, We'll also encourage in 1 Thessalonians 5.11 to encourage, rebuke, convict, and build one another up. All of this helps our roots to break through that rocky ground. All of this helps us to find good soil. We need to pray. Do not neglect praying together. Do not neglect praying and praising God for all of eternity. Humble yourselves before the Lord. Turn from wicked ways and seek him, and he will forgive you and help you. 2 Chronicles 7.14. In Romans 12.12, rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. The scripture also tells us, without grumbling, rejoice. How much grumbling do we do? I know we do a lot of grumbling these days. How much are rejoicing? Do we do for the hope that is within us? Do all these things. Continue to find ways to dig into the word of God, to dig through those rocks and to build up good soil, to plow those rocks out of the ground so that you can grow in your faith. Seek God. Those who seek him will find him. Those with ears will hear him. It continued to say in that Matthew 13 that the disciples came to him seeking understanding. 
We need to seek God with open ears, seeking understanding. And through these things, when the conflict arises, when the persecution starts, when struggles arise, when the sun beats down, when the rocks begin to be pushed into your soil, blocking your face from growth, we seek God even more. We seek his people more. We seek his word more. And it's through all these things that we continue to grow more. Seek him through the storm. Don't give up in the storm. Don't leave his side. He won't leave yours. Continue to sow the seed in your life and others and continue to impact the world for Christ. We're talking about stories, conversations. Have a conversation this week with someone. Have a story with somebody. With somebody. Tell them the story of Jesus. Tell them this story. Ask them if they've heard the story of the parable of the sower. Before we close, I just want to recommend a few specific practical applications. All these are great. Repent, have relationships, accountability, humility, worship. Study the word of God. But how do we do this? One, prayer meetings. This week, call somebody and pray with somebody. Continually pray with that person. Continually praying, pray with many people. Have a Zoom meeting or a video meeting to pray. Or get together with somebody to pray. Come to the prayer meeting on Wednesday night. Let's pray together continually with one another. Let's lift up God and lift up our, our requests and our needs to God. Who wants to listen and he wants to help. Number two, right now media. It's free. Here's a great way to grow in your knowledge of God. Is we have this resource, rightnowmedia.org. It's a website with over 20,000 Bible studies. All free. You can do that with one another as well from your own homes. You can watch one, your friend watch one, your son watch one. Maybe you have a son in another state. And you can just say, hey, let, let's each watch this video each week and then we'll call each other and talk about it. Or you can watch it together at the same time over your computer. Let's use these resources to study the word of God. And that brings us to number three. Find a Bible reading plan. I sat back on the back table for you today, a Bible reading plan. It's only 10 days into the new year. What great time of year to just start a new plan. If you haven't done it yet, it's not too late. The one I printed out back there is a chronological Bible plan. But if you go to the website or if you just do a quick Google search, you can find many different types of yearly Bible reading plans. Let's read through the whole Bible this year together. Maybe you want to be like Greg and do it all in four months, or maybe you want to do it just... In 12 months, one thing I can say, you know yourself. Don't try and bite, up, bite more than what you can chew up and swallow. Because too many of us have great intentions to read God's word. And we start off strong, almost like this rocky soil. We start off strong, strong with excitement. But then our lives get busy, struggles come, and we give it up. So sometimes we need to bite a little bit, a little bit smaller of a bite off so that we can truly swallow it and continue to eat. Let's feast on the word of God. And then lastly, that brings me also to your Bible apps. YouVersion Bible app on your cell phone has thousands upon thousands of Bible reading devotionals, reading plans. Find a plan, find a way to dig into the word of God. Each of these can be done with accountability, with friends, with others. And each of these things helps our faith to grow. Let's get rid of the rocks in our soil. Let's create a good soil for growth we're going to close in prayer and song and then 
we're continuing worshiping God together throughout this week. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we are never alone, that you give us your son, Jesus, and you give us the spirit within us to empower our daily living, to bring us life, and to bring us joy and hope and love and peace and all these things in a world which, which doesn't want to see any of these things happening. Lord, we pray today that we would look upon our hearts and we would see where are we shallow? Where are we hitting rocks? Where do we need to dig deeper? How do we dig deeper? Maybe it's we need more prayer. Maybe it's we need more relationships with believers. Maybe it's we need more of your word. Lord, maybe it's, maybe it's we need to repent of things that are holding us back, sins. Lord, maybe we just need to give our life totally to you now. Maybe we got excited for a time, but we, we held back. And we never truly gave you our all. May we do these things today. May we find the solid rock, which is Jesus, that we can grow in compared to the rocks of sin in this life which prevent us from growing. Amen. Let's stand and sing that song, The Solid Rock. Without Dave playing the piano or Madison on the cajon, the drum, let's sing that last slide once more together. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. Thank you. Folks, y'all heard it. We're all keeping one another accountable. We all should have relationships with one another so where, to where we can make sure we are standing on the solid rock, which is Christ, and not in the sinking sand. As you're on your way out, 
Next to the tithes and offering um, table back there are those Bible reading plans. If you'd like to take one, even though we're 10 days in, you can start it today. You can either catch up or you can um, just write number one on the 10th day and start today and end 10 days into next year. It's not a problem. Let's not make that keep us from doing it today. Secondly, remember the senior high youth group is coming home soon, so keep that in prayer and don't forget to come get them. Thank you. Alone. 